Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of the Raider Power Podcast. My name is Evan Johnson and with me is Mr. Moss. How are we doing today, Chris? I am doing great. I am ecstatic. I am in high hopes, man. It's Friday, so that's awesome. And we just had a huge win, so I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you doing? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Cheers to the weekend. Coming off of a monumental win for the program. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, Ryan's not with us this weekend, obviously, uh, couldn't, couldn't get all of our schedules to sync up. So he will be with us next week, but he is on IR this week. Evan. He's on IR. That's yes. right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I would start him next week. His speed is not looking so great after this crazy holiday party that he came no, in. Definitely. Obviously I, I am much superior in the speed category than Ryan. I'm, <laughs> I'm deceptively fast, but you know, I'm a fan of starting low and finishing high. So Let's talk about a little bit of a, of a bummer right now, and that's the DePaul game. You know, mm. coming off of um, that game was our second back-to-back overtime loss. Obviously, another heartbreaker. Chris, what did you see there? What do you think that went wrong? What could we have done better? Man, okay. One thing that was is kind of defining these losses is that TJ Holyfield is just not – he's just not playing well. Uh he, you know, I heard some of the announcers say during the game that he was guiding his stroke. He wasn't shooting it, which, I mean, is totally true. And he also got into foul trouble early once again. So, you know, TJ is one of our most explosive players on offense, but he also has the size that we're lacking on defense as well. So if he gets into foul trouble, then, you know, there's a little chink in our armor, and it's easier for teams like DePaul that have some big guys to put up some points in the paint. So... That's kind of how the game went. I mean, it was back and forth. Uh, Texas Tech looked like they had it. And, you know, it was just a one-possession game that uh, we should have came away with, but didn't end up For like sure. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, just to reiterate, my biggest thing, again, was foul trouble. I mean, we kind of joked the, the podcast before, hope TJ's listening. Please stay out of foul trouble. He obviously didn't tune in to that week's episode, but – and you know that that's tough because we we need his presence uh, down low. I mean, he's not the biggest guy comparative to to some of the guys on DePaul's team, but um, we we really need him to to be felt in that game. And um, you know, other than that, again, I I just thought that we didn't play super super well. No. Uh, and and all credit to DePaul because I thought that they played an outstanding game. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to say that's a fluke loss because. Uh, mark my words, come, come March, DePaul's going to be a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, I mean, for sure. This is this is their best start, and I don't even – I, I want to say 20-something years. Yep. You know, they're a really well-coached team. They're a really aggressive team. Mm-hmm. It, they hit you in the mouth, and, and I just thought that they played really well. The, again, the, the, the story for me this game was turnovers. We yep. had 22 turnovers. DePaul had 12. Yeah. Uh, the disparity there in turnovers is, is, is quite large, and I think that – that, that makes it really tough to go into a hostile environment and win when you have 10 more turnovers than the opposing team. Yeah, and Evan, going off of that with turnovers, th- you know, I usually don't agree with commentators, but they said that DePaul was matching Texas Tech's energy level and effort. And we know that effort travels, Avery Benson, but effort is why is the reason that Texas Tech wins a lot of its games. We out hustle, we out, you know, rebound, we out, uh, you know, just aggressive playing style and DePaul matched that. I mean, they were very aggressive. They fought for every ball. There was a lot of heart in this game. And when you have 10 more turnovers than the other team and they're playing just as hard as you, 
then you're, you know, that's just not success for a winning basketball game. No, for sure. And you know, it's, it, this was a pretty even, evenly matched game. You look at the field goal percentage and you're within a 0.1 difference yeah. of a field goal percentage. You look at three point percentage, you're, you're within a 10% difference. So, you know, going into the end of regulation there, it was the, it was the classic announcer jinx, right? Yep. Davide Moretti, he's automatic from the line. He hasn't missed a field goal. I mean, he hasn't missed a free throw all year. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Missed his free throw, you know. And poor guy, you know, I know he took that really hard. Chris Beard said it. Like, he was he was beating himself up. And, and it, the game doesn't come down to one free throw, right? We did a lot of things poorly that put us in that position. So, um, I have no <laughs> – no ill will towards Moretti because he has been automatic from the line all year long, years uh, long, years long. That's right. And you know, it was just a, it was just a tough night. Um, and, and like I said, DePaul is the real deal. I thought that they played absolutely incredible. Let's talk about the bright spot though. And that's the hometown Chicago kid, Terrence Shannon jr. Putting on for his city. Yes. What a game mm-hmm. from the true freshman. We saw all the ability that he had hyped up when he was recruited. This guy jumps out of the gym. He can shoot. He's so fast off that first step. The DePaul coach even said, you guys got to watch out for this kid because he can. He is fast off that first step. You got to defend real tough with him. And he just had one heck of a game, man. He This was like the start of him blossoming out for an incredible season and a season to come. And to the NBA. The announcers couldn't stop talking about how this guy's an NBA talent. So it with uh, with our star Jamias Ramsey out, you know someone had to step up, and Terrence Shannon did, for sure. And you know you you, you see a guy like Terrence just absolutely play his heart out, and um, I'm going to go as far to say that we wouldn't even been close in no, that game if it wasn't for his performance, you know. Close. And we saw some absolutely ridiculous shots land Mm -hmm. specifically from Coleman lands from DePaul from downtown. I mean, that dude was just knocking in threes Mm -hmm. with a hand in his face. Like it was no big deal, especially late in the game. And, uh, you know, credit to him. Uh, He, he, he got DePaul that win, but, um, you know, we got the loss. We ate it. And then we had, we refilled that next week. (laughs) We rolled into Madison Square Garden and took on the number one team in the nation, and we got it done. Chris, yep. how pumped were you for that win? I was screaming. I was yelling. I was about to punch a hole in my wall if I wasn't going to lose my security deposit. My God, what a season-defying win. I even think we had a shot without Jemias. Boom. Heart, you know, effort travels. I can't stop saying it. Effort travels. Avery you know, kind of... Benson, best oh. player on Texas Tech, taking that to heart. <laughs> My God, what an absolute performance from Avery Benson! And uh, I mean, what, what were your overall thoughts about the game, Evan? I mean, I'm just—I could talk about this for hours. Yeah, me too, man. I mean, let's just let's just start with this. To to do what we did to Louisville on the offensive side of the ball without our star scorer mm. in Jamias Ramsey was nothing short of incredible. Yep. We played a complete offensive game, even with early struggles from Davide Moretti going cold from the field. You know, Kyler Edwards didn't have his best start, only going one for seven from deep. Moretti, two from ten for deep. But, you know, they made shots when it counted. Yep. And uh, But what I really think, and, and I think you'll agree with me, what defined this win was our defensive play. Oh, my we, God. 
We looked like the team that we were last year. Yes, we did. I mean, I sent you that breakdown of Texas Tech's defense against Louisville um, and how it, it was a thing of beauty when they broke it down. There are no middle defense, and you can see other teams start, you know, they're starting to copy them. Um, but the aggressiveness and the effort that they had on defense the entire game, there wasn't, there wasn't even any breakdowns. Louisville had to make really tough shots every single possession, and that's why they only scored 57 points on us. Right. Right. I mean, you, we saw the very first play of the game um, for Louisville. They went in, inside to to their big man, their center. Uh, what was his name? It was uh, it was Enoch. OK, so yeah. we, we saw them throw the lob into Enoch. He sealed off beautifully, went up strong, easy bucket. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, oh this is going to be God. a long game if yeah. we can't shut him down. But then we shut him something down. Beautiful. Happened, <laughs> and we saw some unbelievable help defense yeah. every time every, every time. time they would try to go go in deep uh to enoch you know we'd have that help defense that a lot of times would force turnovers and yep. we just looked brilliant on that side of the ball yep. uh mark credit to mark adams and his staff on the defensive side our guys were ready to play yes i mean mark adams is an absolute defensive wizard so louisville has this thing that they do is it's called a i think it's called a butt screen at the top of the arc and that's how they usually get him free, breaking down low. And Texas Tech, just every single time that did a butt screen, they switched on him immediately. So that they weren't even able to get the passes down low. And as soon as they did, like you said, we had help immediately. It was a lockdown defensive performance. Every single person on the team was playing unbelievable defense. And, you know, unbelievable defense travels too, and effort travels. I mean, that's how we win. That's how we win on the road. That's what you're going to need in Big 12 play, a performance just like that day in and day out. No question. No question. And, again, a pretty even-keeled matchup here um, from from the field. You know, we, we shot 39%. Louisville shooting 34%. Um, you know, we really limited their ability from, from deep at 17%. And I think that, again, that's a testament to how we were playing on defense um, but you know, forcing a lot of turnovers, it was, it was Louisville's worst offensive performance of the year. It was their worst turnover performance of the year with 19 tur- total turnovers. Mm-hmm. We were just out hustling, out playing them. We had more heart and no one exemplifies that more than Mr. Avery Benson. Oh what a God. performance. God, I was I was going wild watching him. I was I was number one. I was so happy for him. Number two, I was kind of laughing to myself that this guy Avery Benson, walk on from Arkansas, was just totally dominating the game, blocking shots, hitting the corner three, getting the tip in, and he's six three. He's not even that big, and he's jumping in between the tall trees. He, oh God, little pit bull out there, junkyard dog, Avery Benson. Absolutely. I mean, the effort that this guy and, and everyone on the team fed off of it. Oh, Everybody. Yeah. The crowd, to me, the, oh, to me, God. this guy, this guy, Avery, is the Norrence Odiase of yes. the team. Yes. You know, he's the heart and soul from a culture standpoint. Mm-hmm. He is going to outwork every single person on that court every time. And we feed off of it. He's you literally know? Chris Beard Jr., He's, That's right. He's literally Chris Beard Jr. If Chris Beard had the hops and had a little bit more size and maybe like 30 years younger, that would be him on the floor. He he is exactly what Chris Beard wants every single player to do on defense and how to act and the spirit and the effort in every game. He he's basically embodies Chris Beard. 
Absolutely. And, you know, let's talk about, again, kind of facing adversity. We, we faced some in the game. You know, we, we'd get up big, and then let's take a look in the second half where, you know, about eight minutes left. We have a we we had had a big lead and, and Louisville clawed their way back to a four point game and you know our guys our guys didn't let it phase them we kept playing our brand of basketball you know we were running our motion offense keeping everything moving and we were just shutting them down on the defensive side of the ball and we just played a really complete game and you know what we shocked the world Chris but we didn't shock you and I no. and Ryan because we know what this team is yeah we know what we can be we and have we a pr- and we showed it. We have we a high ceiling this on this team. We we are a force to be reckoned with in the Big 12 and going into March. Those three games, and Chris Beard said it the entire time, one possession games, this is nothing. This is, we're going to get right back on track. And you know what, Evan? We are not even close to how good we're going to be later in the year. I mean, Terrence Shannon is just now starting to blossom into a good player, like a better player, or at least vibe with the team, right? Holyfield's got a ways to go. Holyfield can be an elite scorer, but he's also just got to learn. He's got to learn Big 12 play. He's got to learn to be aggressive, right? But he's got to learn to not foul. And I think that's going to come with time. Chris Clark also is becoming a bigger role in this team. We saw it in the Louisville game. If he was playing more aggressive, he was passing like he always does, but he also was driving the ball and going to the rack and getting points, also shooting from deep. He's a good shooter. You know, he needs to shoot the ball more. So I think the team is just starting to vibe a little bit more, but we're seeing that defense just get better and better with time. And it's just going to continue to get better and better, like every year in the past. Yeah. One thing I do want to say about Avery Benson, and this is the narrative that Chris Beard has been saying for the, you know, since this game ended. um, And I totally agree with him. It, this is not just some guy off the bench that they picked up, you know, at a halftime, you know, th- <laughs> half court challenge where he shot and ma- made the ball. Uh, Avery Benson is is a good basketball player, um, very good basketball player. He I watched his highlights from high school as well. Um, and you know, Chris Beard, you know, this was the first player that Chris Beard offered a scholarship for when he uh, dived on the ground, uh, you know, after chasing a loose ball, losing three teeth. Um, and you know, wiped out the wiped out the blood and got right back in the game to play. So you know, he's got he's got effort, but he's also got skills, man. And I just kind of want to go over his offensive rating uh, in the past. You know, three ga- four games that he's played. Um, you know, he didn't really play against Iowa, but the game against Creighton, he had a great game. You know, he had four points, uh, one from one for two. Uh, you know, he had a percentage rating of 121. DePaul 133. Uh, one for two from three, one from one for one from two, uh, you know, five rebounds. And then against Louisville, he had a rating of 221 with 10 points. Uh, God, how many block, two blocks, one steal, three for three from the line. I mean, he's a good player, man. And when he gets in his spot from three, that's going in most likely, you know? Yep. Yep. He's, and one, one he's thing earned the about, right to be on this team. That's absolutely. No, I, I will exactly say right. that again. He mm-hmm. has earned the right to be on this team and play the minutes that he's playing. Yeah. And obviously you saw the postgame interview. I think we posted it to our Instagram, you know, Chris Beard's talking at the end and, you know, he's, he's Avery comes up and he's punching Avery in the yeah. chest saying, don't underestimate Arkansas toughness, yeah. you know, but, <laughs> exactly. but what I loved what he said was, you know, Hey, let the record show that Avery is a good player. You yeah. know, it's exa- to your point, it's not happenstance. It's not like he's just out there to provide a little, a little spark from an energy perspective. While that's yeah. true, 
he has earned the right to play in these games, and he will continue to get big minutes moving forward. Now, I want to go back to Chris Clark real quick. You mentioned him. 12 rebounds, yes. 6 assists, 7 points. What a complete game. Yep. He had some critical shots. Mm-hmm. Again, let's go back to about 8 minutes left in the game. Uh, we're only up by 4. Shot clock winding down, and he drains that huge 3. Huge 3. Um, Chris Clark was played played a complete game. Yes. And then, you know, into the first half, back to Benson, I think that it's so critical going into halftime with some momentum mm-hmm. or, or even more than that, confidence. Just a stop, and, really. And we were just rocking with confidence because five seconds left, they take it the length of the court. They go in for a layup, and, and Benson's just there Ooh. to meet him and just swats <laughs> it down. Everyone's just losing their mind, you know. It was just a it was a stellar performance from Benson, and um, you know our, our team overall played really well. You know we said that a, a couple guys struggled um, early, but you know Moretti leading the team with 18 points, drilling eight for eight from the free throw line. Obviously, he played a, a pivotal role. But yep. um, I'm not going to say that this was a must win game because it wasn't because it was early early in the season. But man, you want to talk about a crucial game come March? Yeah. Come come selection, selection Sunday, Sunday mm-hmm. whenever they're trying to make their make their picks this is the game this is the game and you know like I was freaking out a little bit you know wonder what's happening with this team this season and I, I don't I wasn't going to say this is a must win but I need to see improvement and boy did they provide improvement this looked you know this looks like we're right on track to be just as good as we were last year hopefully Chris, you think it's a fair statement to say that you'd be shocked if we don't bust back into the top twenty-five come Monday? Uh, I believe that we're not going to be in the top twenty-five. Come really? Monday. Yeah, I I don't believe so, and I I don't think that's an issue. Maybe in two weeks after these next three games, uh, we'll be in the top twenty-five. But we have three losses against teams that are not ranked. I, I just don't see them giving Texas Tech respect until we up our uh, our win loss a little bit better. We'll probably, you know, we're we're right around 28 probably in their heads, you know. Yeah. I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit, Chris. Mm. Um let's take a look and I know that some of these haven't been updated, but let's look at the three lost teams in the top 25. You got Michigan State sitting at 16, North Carolina sitting at 17. You got Seton Hall sitting at 22. Um, I think that when you go into Madison Square Garden and put up the performance like we had, coupled with the fact that we had just lost to two fantastic teams in overtime, mm. I personally think we make our way back into the top 25. I honestly, Evan, I don't really care, man. I, I and I don't either. I, I was just kind of curious. I just don't. I don't think that. I just don't think the committee is uh, willing to put Texas Tech back in the top 25 after those three losses. I think they're waiting to see what this team is. And uh, with Jemias Ramsey coming back, I think they're going to see sooner than later that this team is a top 10 team. I think Texas Tech will be in the top 10 by the end of February. Yeah. I mean, but let's look at this game, right? Obviously, what we did without, again, our our leading scorer was was huge. And it's not like this was a a, uh, kind of tech tech pulling it out at the last second. We were really dominant majority of the game. Exactly. and all the announcers on ESPN, I forget who said it, but, you know, it was – this wasn't a good game by Tech. This wasn't a great game. This was a monumental win yes. by the program. This is the first time that we have beaten a number one team in the nation. We had exactly. we were 0 for 5 previous. Mm-hmm. To do that uh, was just 
without man. your leading scorer, man. Yeah. With, yeah. with a not complete team. Um, and not to say that Louisville is number one throughout the year or the best team in college basketball, but they're one of the best for sure. And we were not at our best. I just think our defense was too much for them. Our, de- yep. our defense will put the best teams in the hard spots, and if they don't hit the shots that they need to, they're going to lose, man. If we come with that effort and we come with that defense, that lockdown D, we can be anyone. And there's no great team in college basketball right now. Yeah. I, there isn't a there isn't a Duke of last year. Duke of last year seemed like they could be anybody most of the time, just with the amount of talent that they had on, on that team. There's not that this year. There's some good yeah. teams. There there's not any great teams. I think Louisville is one of the best teams though. Yeah, here's what I loved about this win, Chris. You know, this is the fourth number one team to go down this yeah. early. Mm-hmm. You look at the prior three that have gone down. The rhetoric has been, you know, this team was off. Yeah. They they didn't play well. What a what a shakeup for college basketball. That was not the case. No. The rhetoric this game was Texas Tech came to play yep. and showed the nation that they are they are still coached by the same guy and they got the same returners that took them to a national championship game. Exactly. You know, and I, and I think that, that that speaks volumes because, you know, some have differing opinions, but the majority of, of you know, kind of professional analysts, if you will, all, all had that same message. Like, this was not the story of Louisville's collapse, but rather the story of Texas Tech showing everyone that they're here to stay, they're here to compete, and they're here to make another deep run. They have They have the potential. Exactly. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. They didn't, like not one narrative from this game was that Louisville blew this game. It's that t- Texas Tech out hustled them, out effort them, and beat them badly because they were the better team that day. And Chris Absolutely. Beard said this. Chris Beard said this, and I, I love all all the you know most of the quotes from Chris Beard because they're all so fantastic. But he said, you know, guys. We don't have to be the better team. We don't have to be better than Louisville, but we have to be better than them in 40 minutes. And he said yeah. on the and he yeah. said that on the plane ride home, everyone was so exhausted because they poured their hearts out there that no one even cared that there was an hour delay on the tarmac because everyone was basically sleeping. Right. Right. Well, huge win, Chris, obviously. How many times did you watch the locker room celebration? How many I kinda... times have I watched the full game? I've watched the full game now three times. There you I, go. I've I... watched the at locker room celebration ten times. I mean, yeah, it, I lost count. I lost is, count. This is this was one of my favorite wins as being a Texas Tech basketball fan. Absolutely. This well, is this right up there. This win could not have come at a better time. We are we're, we're headed back uh, on Monday, December the sixteenth, for a five-game home stretch. Yep. We got three non-conference to finish her up. We got Southern Miss on Monday. Who's uh, good? U- who's good? UT who's good? Rio Grande Valley the following Saturday, the 21st of December, and then followed up by CSU Bakersfield on the 29th, and then rolling right into Big 12 play with two games at home, Oklahoma State and yeah. a really hot Baylor team uh, following really that. Hot so, Oklahoma State team. Absolutely. So, you know, the confidence and momentum rolling into this stretch is huge. Yes. And it's good that we have a little, you know, I'm not going to say break, but, you know, break from the elite, elite teams that we've been playing um, just to get Jemise Ramsey healthy, to get the yep. team healthy, you know, to get yep. them back ready to go, you know, maybe work out a couple kinks in the shots. Maybe Moretti can start finding his three again. Um, 
even though he he hasn't lost it, but he just yeah. hasn't been hitting them at a high percentage like he's done in the past. This break couldn't come at back uh, back at a better time. Uh, we got to get ready for this game against Oklahoma State uh, at home January 4th. They're looking like a really good basketball team this year, man. They're no question. Like a really good basketball team. You know, Chris Chris Beard mentioned that Jemias was begging him to play against Louisville. Yeah. And I think that he probably could have gone. But, you know, you re-aggravate that hamstring injury. You're looking at Jemias being out six to eight weeks. So I don't know the, the full extent of the injury. But personally, I would be a little surprised if we don't see uh, – or excuse me, I'd be surprised if we see him before January 4th, Oklahoma State, Big 12 opener. I would imagine that Beard's going to try to rest him up as much as he can in this next three-game non-conference yeah. stretch. I, I could see him coming back for that Cal State-Bakersfield game in limited minutes uh, just to get him back in the transition for Big 12 play. But yeah, man, there's no there's no rush. I mean, there was a rush for the Louisville game, right? Like, we, right. we, everyone thought we did need him. Like, we, we would have loved to have Jemias play, and we could have won by more. But now that we have this little break in, you know, how, you know, in in quality of opponents, um, I don't see a need to rush him back. We can we, we know what we can do with, uh, with the players we got that are healthy right now. Um, yeah, but I do, <coughs> I do want him back for that Oklahoma State game. There's no way he doesn't play in that if he's yeah. not. Even if he's 99.9%, he's playing in that game for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think we may see uh, here pretty soon Tyreek Smith. Is he playing? You know, I, there I haven't could, heard I, I guess, about him. I guess there could be a chance that he medically redshirts this year. But if he's healthy to go by Big 12 play, I would imagine that just to add to the depth, because this guy was a big-time recruit. And, and and he's a big time player, so I think that if he's ready to go, I would imagine that he's going to come in and play this year. What what has been the news on him? You know, I, I think it was a leg injury, Chris. And you know, he hasn't they've played obviously, once, right? He hasn't been in correct. any games. Correct. Yeah. And they've been, they've been cautious with him. Um, you know, it, it reminds me exactly of the the Kavon Moore from mm-hmm. last year, right? Yeah. Big time recruit, but he could have medically redshirted. But we saw him come in and get some minutes. I think the first time was against Iowa State. I think that Chris Beard will utilize Smith if he can this year. Yes, yes. Uh, his injury must have been much more severe than I thought. Yeah, Chris, you got any other thoughts on the Louisville game before we move on? Wreck 'em, baby. That's it. <laughs> this was this was incredible. This is this is exactly what this program needed to get right back on track. Absolutely, right back on track. Couldn't have said it better. Um, anything else on basketball? I mean, we have some other news to hit on in, in football, certainly. But the 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 narrative here is Texas Tech isn't going anywhere. We can compete with anyone in the nation. Mm-hmm. We've proved that. Yes, Texas Tech is a computer not only in the Big Twelve but nationally. So look out for us in March. All right. Well, let's move right along to a little bit of football news. Big news today as Jet Duffy enters the transfer portal. Yep. To me, this came as a surprise. Uh, Yeah, me as well. I thought we would be seeing a different name entering the transfer portal, but nope. Jet Duffy. Jet Duffy's a good football player, man. He can go. There's going to be a bunch of teams that are going to be wanting him. So, you know, 
he he probably also didn't want to keep dealing with the quarterback competition. Yep. He yep. wants to be the man. And yep. you can see what he can do when he's the man. So, you know, best wishes for Jet. Yeah. He did great yep. things for us this year. Without Jet Duffy this year, we would have had a rice guy in there and we would have lost every single game. You know, no <laughs> ill will whatsoever towards Duffy. No. Uh, appreciative of what he did this year and last. What's exciting about this, though, is uh, you take that coupled with the rumor that was kind of dispelled. Um, you know, we, we had heard some rumblings that the star quarterback from Utah State might follow his old coach mm. to Texas Tech, yeah. and he had a, he had recently announced that he he will be declaring early for the NFL. To me, that is a near one hundred percent assurance that we will see Alan Bowman taking the reins again as the Texas Tech quarterback next year. Yeah, for two games until he gets hurt. Oh, you better knock on some wood right uh, now. I'm <laughs> I uh, I'm just going with my gut instinct here, you know. He's but getting... let's remember, too, that we're going to have a healthy, uh, more than likely number two yep. in Maverick McIver. Who okay? I believe is going to be our number one. You think so? Uh, that's, who, that's who I'm picking for next year. That's going to be our quarterback next year. I personally disagree. Okay. I think, I think a little healthy disagreement, no big deal there. But uh, between those two, there's certainly a lot of talent to move forward. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have a quarterback controversy because it pushes – both players to be better yep. and more than that it just gives you a little bit of assurance that if something goes awry with one of those qbs that you have someone to come in and, and take the reins exactly. but exactly um another thing i wanted to mention you know we've seen kind of the the awards get rolled out recently um headlined by none other than jordan brooks a unanimous all all big 12 first team player um a second team All-American, you know, we knew that this guy was going to rack up the awards. He played absolutely incredible all year long. Um, Jordan Brooks is the man, you know, we see Douglas Coleman, all big 12 first team, Austin McNamara, all big 12 first team, as well as a freshman All-American moving along to Travis Bruffy, all big 12 second team, Eli Howard, all big 12 second team. We saw some of our guys get some needed recognition uh, I was happy to see our players get that. And uh, it's just a good feeling whenever you see the hard work that those guys put in get rewarded. Absolutely, Evan. The hard work in a hard season. I mean, jeez. Yep. Give them some recognition, please, God. But, yeah, that was good to see, man. This is good to see the football team, some inv- individual players get their hard work recognized by the country. Definitely, definitely. Well, Chris, you got anything else, man? Oh boy, I am just so happy with how our, our basketball team is doing right now. I mean, Me the improvement is just going to keep going. It's just going to keep coming. And geez, the Big 12 looks scary this year, man. This is yeah. this is a deep, deep conference. Yep. Baylor, West Virginia, even Kansas State, who is considered the worst team in the conference this year. What I think Kansas State has one of the top ten, uh, top twenty defenses, and they're ranked at number seventeen. So, this is going to be a grinded out season, man. This yep. is going to be a grinded out season. And of course, it goes without saying, Kansas is back, number two in the nation. Bill Self has his squad looking like another national contender. Uh, it's going to be a scrap in the Big Twelve, no question. How they're back, no one will know. 
Yeah, they sh- they should be axed, in my opinion. They but that's should a conversation be axed. for something else. But everyone listening, tune in next Monday, December the sixteenth, six p.m. Central Time, mm. as the Texas Tech Red Raiders take on Southern Miss. See our guys come out, lay it all on the line again. Yep. Um, but that kind of wraps it up for me. So um, tune in next week as we uh, we'll put another episode out as we're kind of taking a look at the games moving forward and recapping the Southern Miss game. But uh, for now, I'm Evan. I'm Chris. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, baby! Guns up!